Welcome back to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I am Russ. He's Steve. And we hope you had a lovely Valentine's Day. On this February 17th, 2022. Uh, this is actually episode 262, mm. which kind of sort of rhymes. We have a fun show in store for you today, but before we go any further, make sure you snuggle that subscribe button. I don't know, maybe love pat that notification bell. That way you will not miss a single episode of Joygasm. It drops once a week every week. Having said that, we are going to be catching up with each other, which we haven't done so in a few episodes. Before going right into our topic of the day, which is the Super Bowl commercial reactions, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamps located in the detailed section below. Steve, how you doing, huh? Russ? Uh, yes, Steve. Doing okay, Ron. Uh, okay? It's been a slow week. I uh, see, uh, see, Steve? It's been a slow week, Russ. This week has been taking forever. Taking forever? Yeah, some weeks are going by quick. This one's a slower one. This week's been going by fast for me. Nah, I'm jelly. Jelly? <laughs> In the belly. I'm peanut butter. On the bread. Mm. Both are molasses kind of slow, Russ. Kind of <coughs> schlocky, you know what I mean? Indeed. Just like clearing the throat. Indeed. Anyhow, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? I've been busy, Steve. Oh, have you I've been taking care of things, you know, oh, yeah. doing what I can, bringing home the bacon, that <laughs> sort of thing. Uh, but bringing home the ham and the chops, the shoulders, bringing home something, hopefully not the gristle, <laughs> but not the fat. <laughs> There's enough of that to go around already. <laughs> no, I have been. Oh, yeah. Playing some uh, some Halo Infinite, <laughs> as you well know, Steve. Nah, I don't know. As you <gasps> well know, Steve. Nah, I don't know. What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, you do, Steve. <laughs> been having fun playing Halo. Uh, unfortunately, I have not been playing too much Halo Infinite mm. with you. Yeah. Not mm. passing on that for now, Russ. Passing on it for now, aren't you? Yeah. And the one time I can actually corral you, be able to. Move him into and position. Gonna pass. Would be on Wednesday nights when we do some streams. Yeah, got there you actually see me out of that one showing up there. Get my gun on. Gun play. Other than that, oh, I am okay. very excited for Horizon Forbidden West, which drops tomorrow. As of this recording. Hmm. I've been waiting years, Steve. Years. I think the first game came out in mm. 2017, if oh, I remember yeah? correctly. It was my game of the year. It was a fantastic game. Mm. Awesome. One of my actually, it's one of my all-time favorites. Oof. It is. It is indeed, Steve. I have yet to play it. You have yet to play it? Yes, Russ. When have I said on howdy duty time that I have played it? Well, Steve, I just assumed that once you had a PS4, that would be one of the <laughs> high yeah, priorities well, for you, Steve. I have been playing God of War <clears throat> on PS4. Have you beat uh, God of War, Steve? Actually, I haven't, no. You have not beaten God of War either, Steve. I, I, I can't keep up with all these games. <laughs> I, 
before this show, I would buy a game, oh. wait to buy the second game, and uh-huh. I would finish the first game oh. 100%, then go out and buy another game. And by that time, game number two would have fallen in price. Mm. I kind of win-win. Doling them out in a very uh, easy-to-manage paced you, style. on the other hand, be like, oh, this one's out, and that one's out, and the third one's out as well. How much time do I have? None. I'll take all three. Thank you very much. And then they just sit on your shelf for a long time. That would be a negative, Ghost Rider. The pattern is full because I actually finish my games. Yeah, and do not in, and do time. Yes, you do. Do time. I, on do the other time. hand, I on the other hand, I like to take a little more time. I like to finish. What? I like to finish a game. And then go to the next game. That was pre this show. Now the show's like, oh, here you go. Here's a game. I'm like, okay, uh, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, uh, three hours. Okay, throw it away. Next game. Bam. And, and I, I just can't keep up, Ross. Out of the two of us, Steve. I can't keep up, Ross. Who's beaten God of War? Well, oh, that'd be me. Well, yeah, before you had this, before we started this show, before we started the show, who's beaten Cyberpunk 2077? Oh, that's right. That's me. And I'm actually on my second run through. Yeah, you had a staycation and did nothing but play the game. of us, who has beaten Horizon Zero Dawn? Oh, that'd be me. I haven't started it, Rose. You see, Steve, when I start something, I'll finish it. Must be nice to have all that extra time, bro. Well, you know, Steve, <laughs> it's all about how you manage your time. <laughs> uh, must be nice. It is nice. I must say, Steve, it is really nice. Indeed. Uh, but yes, oh. I'm very excited for that game to drop because I have been waiting for the next, like, proper PS5 mm. next-gen title to drop. Yeah, it's been a while. And uh looks like it's getting some rave reviews, which, mm. I mean, is, is not too much of a surprise, but... <laughs> I can't wait, Steve. Mm. I cannot wait. Now, another thing, speaking of Cyberpunk, which is why I mm. wore this shirt, is that the next-gen update patch has finally dropped. Yes, and I'll have you know that you encouraged me not to play the game, which I agreed with, by the way, mm-hmm. because the game was unplayable yes. on regular Xbox. Yes. So I don't want to hear about how all I haven't spent the time. I'm just defending myself and my ability to actually finish games I buy. Just had to make my point. Continue. I don't see a point. I see a nub. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, Steve, what I'm curious about... Oh. Is now that you, in fact, have an Xbox Series X. Mm. And now that Cyberpunk 2077's next-gen patch has indeed Mm. dropped. Have you been spending some time in Night City? Yes. Oh! Do tell. I have not started the game all the way over because I'm still basically in the beginning. Mm. Um, I am at the part where you just leave Night City. Okay. And you meet up with this uh, nomad person. So you chose the nomad path. Um, no, I'm the uh, street kid. But I just saw. Okay. I, I'm. I'm. I have to meet with. Uh, was it? Uh, gosh. Uh, not. Uh, who's the guy who uh, saves you in the beginning of the game? You're like left for dead, and he comes to save you. Hanamura is, Hanamura. is the is the one guy who like you you really you watching. Basically, you're thinking, oh, this is not good. And you think you're like this is, right. is this curtains for me, and and suddenly you you wake up in his car, 
Yes. Okay. So I passed that part, but then shortly after that, you know, I have to meet him and you yeah. get to know Johnny and whatever. And so I am now outside of Night City, but it didn't take long to get outside. I mean, I was just kind of like following the game along and it's like, okay, there's... Here's the story going outside. And I actually forgot why I was even there because it's been yeah. so long. It's been like a year. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, you can hack into stuff in this game, right? I mean, you know, is that what you do? I'm like, what's on the shoulder buttons? Do I had to like learn the all new, the, like the, the the control schematic again? I'm like, I know what fire is on the trigger and aim mm -hmm. and stuff, but that's about it. And of course, I was burdened. I just pick up everything I like walk across. Oh, candy wrapper. I'll take that. Yeah. Sell it somewhere, you know? <laughs> Like already chewed piece of gum. Yeah. Score. <laughs> Go nice in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, but yes, yeah, so the game, I'm happy to report uh -huh. the game is now playable. Well, yeah. I can see. Technically, it was playable faces. once you bought the Xbox Series X. Like it was playable. <laughs> playable is relative. Well, because I mean, I've I've been playing my second run through. Like the first time I played it was on PC. Uh -huh. Second time through, I've I've been playing a, a considerable amount, and it's. I mean, it was. It still had bugs, but it wasn't like what you were dealing with. I was dealing with a lot of bugs. Like yeah. I was saying, like people didn't have to have faces. <laughs> they were just kind of like, hey, <laughs> like it was just you know, a blank expression, or like their lips wouldn't even move. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, hey, I got a mission for you to do. Yeah. Like everyone's having a triloquist in Night City. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and not to mention people would like blink in and blink out. And oh. sometimes they would be in the car sitting down. Sometimes they'd just be riding on the sidewalk. Um, and the frame rate was so bad. I just felt like I was getting headaches. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So. There, there was, there was a considerable amount of yeah. issues and bugs and that sort of thing. But now, um, so you've, you've restarted your, your game. I've just basically continued where I left off because it's still basically... Okay, so you didn't actually restart because I was talking no. to Nick, yeah, and he told me he actually uh, decided to start all over again just because part of of the update was um, all of the like the basically like the your character's perks. Like you have your your level your upgrade level points that you can spend, and then you have your perks. Apparently, CD Projekt Red ended up resetting all of that, hmm. which I can confirm. I went in there and I was like, "Whoa, wow!" Like all of my perk points have been reset, so then I can reassign them however I wish. Not a big deal. But Nick actually took it upon himself to decide since it had been like a year since he had played the game, he was thinking, well, I don't remember like what the gameplay mechanics are. I don't remember like what all the buttons do and stuff. I'm just going to start over. And he was totally fine to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, starting over would be basically nothing for me because I, like I said, I'm still... I'm not even halfway through the game. I don't even think I'm at a quarter of the game through the game yet. And you probably haven't been doing a whole lot of the side missions, have you? Like any of the gigs or the side quests? I haven't done. I've done the side some side quests. Uh, I have a lot to go through. Um, I found zero of that dude's cars. Like you're you're supposed to find his oh yeah cars and whatever. I've done zero of that, but yeah. um, I uh, I haven't done. I actually have I focused more on the side missions than the actual story. Uh huh. Uh, but I've done no gigs. Like I'm still getting to know Johnny. He's still getting to know me. And right, you know. Well, and that's that is a lot of what makes the game so fun is to like you know don't just like beeline through the main story. Like you know, you can continue. It's it's kind of similar to Red Dead Redemption Two in that regard, where like you know you don't have to necessarily go down like the main story right. quest if you don't want to. You can veer off all these different places. Just you know 
kind of stumble upon and discover uh, different kinds of, of gigs and side quests that get offered to you as you all of a sudden try, just happen stance right. onto them, so to speak. Right. Uh, but yeah, in this particular patch update, not only did they fix a lot of bugs and they've given like the ray tracing upgrade, but they've also included additional side quests right? Um, and additional content overall for the game, which makes me particularly excited because now I'm curious about like, oh, okay, well, what what is in store for me uh, this time around? Going back though to your kind of like new experience of the game, what do you think of the graphics? So I, I mean, they're definitely better. Like the lighting is better due to the ray tracing, um, but it's not as good as I thought it would be. Uh-huh. Like with the pictures I've seen where like everything's maxed out, I'm like, it looks incredible. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is kind of what I would have expected the game to be on like the regular Xbox plus the additional like good lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't look like superior to what it was. And so I was going to ask you so far, like it based on the series X version of the game that you're playing compared to the PC, mm-hmm. is there a difference or is it about the same or was the PC still better? PC is still better. Uh, uh-huh. you know, the, the, the best optimized experience that you're going to get pretty much with any given game is if you have a PC that is capable of running all settings at ultimate mode, basically. And it can do so without it slowing down or overheating or whatever. That's going to be like your your optimum type of experience. And so like when I was playing Cyberpunk 2077 the first time, I was playing it on PC and I was able to actually crank all that stuff up. Now, there were still little bugs here and there that I came across um, that were more like kind of like, like minor visual bugs. But overall, I mean, the game was gorgeous on PC. Like you're playing and I, I, I could not believe the graphics fidelity in the game. Having said that though, like, like when I'm playing it on the Xbox series X, the game is still very much a looker. It's not like a, a visual slouch by any stretch at all. It's actually right. a really cool looking game. I haven't really had much of a chance yet to be able to like look at all the ray tracing upgrades that they've done, you know, cause the lighting is kind of the main uh, upgrade that they implemented into the next gen systems. Pan Am. That's the person's name that. Oh I, yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Okay. Yeah. Pan Am. So you, you met her, um, at the, the afterlife. Is that where you were? You, oh no, no. You, you, she was fixing her car. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's really funny. Actually. The second time I was playing through the game, uh, you can actually see some characters that you eventually cross paths with in the game earlier in the game at different locations. Because if, if you know like what they look like and, and that sort of thing, you just scoping them out. Like I saw Pan Am at uh, the afterlife nightclub, which I don't know if you've been, you've been to that, right? Yeah. So it was a lot of fun to see her. She was like really mad at someone and she stormed out of the afterlife and she got on her phone and like, there was just a lot of thought placed into like, you know, what happens to these characters before you officially meet. And not only that, but like they're not just kind of meandering about like, like going through like an idle animation loop cycle. I mean, they, they actually like said, I'll oh, be cool if like she was doing this. And then she had this kind of response to this other person. And then she went over here and like, like you can follow these, these characters and it's, it's pretty entertaining for a while. I must say. Mm. Sweet. 
So have you been putting a lot of time into the game? Like what game are you focused on right now? No, that that's what I've been doing. That's okay. that's I before uh that one I had thrown in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Oh. Because I have had it since it basically came out. I have too. I have not played it though. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Uh, you don't say. Um, so yeah, I haven't played it and have been playing that one until the update for Cyberpunk, and then I yeah. switched. I see. I see, Steve. Mm. Well, is there anything else new with you? I oh, mean, it's been so long. I forgot what I've told you before. <laughs> Golly, um, I told you recently. My wife and I went through the entire Lord of the Rings Extended Edition. Yes, um, you did series. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Yep. Um, I was, pl- I was playing Outer Worlds because I was continuing it. That's right. I remember a while that. ago. Did you beat it? No, actually I got tired of it. <laughs> you got tired I was of exhausted it. exhausted of it. I'm like, I, you would, I would play the game and all, the, the game, there's just not enough cool stuff that happens in the game. Like I'd go to all these worlds and I'd find all this stuff that I was supposed to get, do all the mission, the missions, but there's so much talking There's in the a game. Lot of dialogue. I, I'm yeah. just like, uh, what? You got to like <laughs> give me more than just dialogue. I mean, reading and that, that's literally like 50% of the game is just standing there like, okay, select that option. What if I say this? Yes. Yeah. You know, and I found myself getting so distracted. I didn't care about the dialogue. I was just like doing push ups or something like, okay, this conversation's happening. I don't care <laughs> about it. Um, what else? And so then I decided, what's. I decided to spoil it for myself, actually. Oh. And so what I did was, I went on YouTube, I was like, Outer Worlds ending. Search. And then I saw it, and I'm like, that's what I'm sitting here, this dialogue for? <laughs> Just like, this is what happens to this person. Here's the story you got to read and what happens. You're like, uh, more talking. I'm done. <laughs> I, I'm done with it. I, it was a beautiful I, game. Beautiful I, colors and stuff, but I... Man, I gotta say, I'm a bit surprised in the sense that typically I've n- I've not heard you complain about narrative driven games before. Like you've you've played your fair share of RPGs and other narratives right. that have a substantial amount of dialogue, but I guess this one just wasn't it, keeping this, your attention. This one just was out of balance between like the the dialogue and and the action, and so like even even if. Like the ship, I'm a. I love spaceships. Oh you know? yeah, of course. And so, Who like, doesn't like spaceships. And so, like, I wanted to see. I called my ship the unreliable. By the way, the unreliable. <laughs> so I wanted to see this thing, like you know, take off and fly away, kind of similar to the, what's the Star Wars game we just uh, played last year? You talking about uh, Jedi Fallen Order? Fallen Order. Like you could see like the whole ship taking off and stuff. Oh, yeah. and I loved all that. And so I wanted to see more cinematic stuff happening. I wanted to see more action. I wanted to see the story more so unfold besides just one character in the center of my screen talking to me. You know, you could tell that I think that the team had a limited budget. It was like they had this pitch of, of an idea for a game. I think that Microsoft greenlit a certain amount of money for them to work with because you could see like, like where they were trying to go. And like, like in, in my gameplay experience, it, you know, at first it was, I was really having to work at staying with the game just because it wasn't holding my interest. And then I would say about like 60% of the way through, suddenly it started really getting good. I started to actually begin to bond with my, my crew. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, like when, when it was finally hitting the stride, I was like, okay, yeah, now, now we're, we're, we're getting into it. The game just all of a sudden ends. 
And I was like, whoa. But it, the way it ends is almost like a cliffhanger in a way. Like, like you could tell, like it was designed to like, we're going to stop it here. It'd almost be like this episodic RPG in a way. Yeah. And, uh, but I was just kind of surprised. I was like, wow. Like I was just now really getting into it. And then all of a sudden we just, we, we come to the, to so stop. where I was at, I had, I think there, I think you can get like six crew members and I had four. Uh-huh. And I was at this part where I'm supposed to negotiate with these two different factions on this one planet because a, a ship lands and you're supposed to say, okay, you know, the ship's got a weapon and this place is supposed to defend itself against like the corporation sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And who's going to be the better leader, more like the negotiator guy or the more like military run person. And they're kind of headbutting a bunch. And so you're supposed to kind of bring them both to the table. And granted, I got like this rare achievement for like having the highest reputation among like all the factions in the in the universe up until this point. And I could not bring them to the table. There was a way to do it, uh-huh. and I couldn't do it. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to war. <laughs> and I know it. I'm like, just here's the thing. And they're like, oh great. Now they're at your doorstep. You have to kill their other side. You know, like Steve's whatever. like sitting there at the table. He's like, falls, <laughs> and he just snaps. He's like. Upends the table. Everyone's like, oh, like you were this far away from being like ultimate paragon. No longer. And so like, I completely just decimated my reputation. Like I just didn't care. I was tired of like, I don't know. I don't know. That's okay. It's okay. I'm glad I played it. It is beautiful. And the humor is good. I will say that the humor is funny. It just was not enough action to balance out the, the dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Uh, I I hear what you're saying. Well, from pivot, if we pivot from that over to um, some um, news that's actually kind of sad. Well, it's not kind of sad. It is sad. It's kind um, of tragic. Yeah, it's really tragic. But at the same time, I, um, we feel as though it's important for us just to talk about it for a bit, and that is the passing of Ivan Reitman. And Ivan Reitman has been a director and producer for many decades and has been responsible for some outstanding comedies throughout the the years. And I, you know, I think I can speak for the two of us where obviously our hearts go out to um, the Reitman family. I know that that must be an absolute um, crushing blow to them. And, and um, you know, our condolences are, are with them and their family. I'd also like to talk about how um, his filmography is one that is just so fun to be able to go down and with just the, this attitude of gratefulness, be able to like look at and appreciate all the different creative contributions that Ivan made when it comes to cinema and how much we've benefited from that. I mean, like I, I know that the first time that you and I actually really heard of his work were, were when we were kids. Yeah. Because our dad loved National Lampoon's Animal House. Right. And he was the director and the producer of that movie. At the time, we were just kids. I mean, like, I think we, we were like... <laughs> What's that movie, Dad? No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Shut your eyes. Get out of your room. I mean, it was like, I think we... I was seven and you were five or something like that. When, when Two he, years. But I mean, it was like literally every time that movie got brought up in conversation, our dad just lit up. He was like, Oh, animal house. Yeah. It's great. Bellucci's in there. And Dan, he was (laughs) going down. Yeah. He he was like, just going off on it. A movie that I saw, um, that he had made as well was stripes. Uh huh. And that was a terrific, 
movie. Super funny. It had mm-hmm. Bill Murray. Uh, Harold Ramis was Ramis in it. Was in it, yeah. You know, it, it has one of the the best lines in it where uh, <laughs> the drill sergeant was just like, "What did he say? Did he say, calm down, or you take it easy." It was like, "Take, take it, it easy, easy, Francis." Yeah, he goes, "Hey, <laughs> any of you guys says my name, I'll kill you." Yeah, any one of you guys messes with my stuff, <laughs> I'll kill you. Any of you guys? He's like, yeah, lighten, oh, lighten up, lighten up. That's lighten what it up, is, Francis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The whole thing was fantastic, and Bill Murray was so fun, and so was Harold Ramis. But both of them, like, you could see, like, like just this chemistry that was already naturally on screen, and it made perfect sense why they would continue making films together. You know, after Stripes, I was looking at um, more of his filmography. Ghostbusters, right? Like, need we say more? Ghostbusters is hands down one of our all-time favorite movies. It was such a unique setup in terms of how you had this, like, combination, this, this successful execution of an idea where, like, how do we combine basically horror with comedy and fuse it together and you get Ghostbusters. And I, I know that um, for kids, even adults too at the time, like, you know, they had those really genius moments of, of those jump out scares and that sort of thing. But then it's mixed with this absolutely sharp, witty dialogue. And, um, and of course, you know, you, you think of the cast, you think of Bill Murray, you think of Dan Aykroyd, um, Ernie Hudson, Harold Ramis, um, <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. Mm. I mean, like... So many talented folks in that. And it really, I mean, it it was one of those very rare catching lightning in a bottle type of scenarios where it went on and and had its own cartoon series and all kinds of toys. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, it what's what's interesting too, is that there are multiple generations now who love ghostbusters. Right. It's just one of those types of, of ideas that never gets old. It doesn't, it's never like dated or whatever. In fact, Ghostbusters Afterlife was a film that came out finally just last year, and then it was completely heartfelt. It was a wonderful film. Going through more of this, like, I mean, Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger right. and Danny DeVito, that was a really funny show. And it, what was interesting about that, too, is that it actually took a topic that's quite controversial, especially back when that film came out, but it made it hilarious. Again, like, like it's... Ivan Reitman really knew how to skirt that line of like having something that was like maybe controversial or provocative, whatever else it is, but then have this comedy that just disarms the audience. And suddenly they have these like ridiculous situations that come up. And it was such like, like a formula that, that he was a master of. Right. Having fun with the controversial. Oh yeah. Without making it more controversial and uncomfortable. Exactly. Like, like he knew how to have fun with it. Yeah. And, you know, you, then you had Ghostbusters 2 that came out. You, he did Kindergarten Cop with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> you know, again, makes perfect sense. <laughs> what was that one line from the movie? He's like, oh, forgive me. I forgot to introduce myself. My name is Richard Kimball. And I love my car. It's like, oh, I'm going to keep an eye on your car for you. Remember that? <laughs> I can't. I think it was a little bit different. But I remember the scene. Yeah, it was toward the beginning of the of the movie. Yeah, he was going remember to the, like, the, talk to a source or something like that. And like I just yeah yeah. He, remember those, kick his butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah those no, guys <laughs> were like sitting on his car, so he like turned around yeah. and he's like, oh, 
forgive me. Yeah. I forgot to introduce myself. Anyway. Uh, but you know, really, really cool. He also was the executive producer on Beethoven, which I mean, at that point in time, like that was like that, that, oh, that dog, was the dog, yeah, the dog yeah. film, really popular, real f- popular family film. He was producer and executive producer for a ton of stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, you know I, what he was? I think he was a producer. You're going to laugh at me, Ross. You're going to laugh at me. He was producer of, uh, or one of the producers of one of this movie called heavy metal. Yeah. Did you ever see that? I have not seen I it. Watched I watched it. I've oh, it's pretty psychedelic. Well, <laughs> I imagine so because I've seen the comic book. I mean, I assume it's based off the comic book, I or maybe the comic book's based off it. I don't, I don't even know. I just remember passing in the theater so many times. Or the theater, yeah, yeah look at that. <laughs> it's still here. <laughs> <laughs> what room is this one showing in? Um, Avatar's got nothing on this film. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'd pass it like, you know, in, in Blockbuster or something like that. You know, I'm like, man, what is this uh, next time? And I'm like, I'm going to rent this movie. You mm-hmm. know, I, I mean, I saw it. You know, like, you know, whatever. Can I, it wasn't that, you know, great. But I mean, I, it was different. That's for sure. Psychedelic is probably the word I'd, you know, thing. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, so he also was involved with Road Trip. I saw um, that, yeah. With uh, I can't remember uh, the the names of the guys who were in that film, um, like Sean William Scott mm-hmm. and uh, Tom Green. Tom Green again, hilarious movie. Like that movie was so good. It was it was so funny, and you can tell it it has. Ivan's DNA all over the comedy when it comes to a film like that. You're like, well, yeah, of course, that totally makes sense. He also did Evolution, which, which if you recall, that was with Dave Duchovny. Um, and Dan Aykroyd was actually in that one briefly. But it was that one where like it was the 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 aliens, like he had some sort of alien meteor that came down and like... I think it was, I think it took place in Nevada, but it was like this, it was growing its own ecosystem underneath. And like, at first it was like, you know, nothing to worry about. And then all of a sudden it started making these like alien primates. Do you remember, remember this? (laughs) I think I remember if I saw it. You would totally recognize it if you saw it, but it was definitely like a really funny, fun Mm. film. Also by Reitman. Um, Well, (laughs) Euro trip. Euro trip again, super funny. Like just it's so, so you've seen that, right? Uh, I remember you talking about it a bunch. It has that one scene where the guy from SNL is like the Italian on the train. Excuse me, excuse He's like massaging the guy. He's like, get off me. Sure. Oh, uh, yeah. Sounds, uh, yeah. You need to see that movie. You need to see that. That is, watch it with the wife. That is a funny movie. Maybe on one of the uh, slower topic weeks, Russ, we can do a review of hey. Euro Trip. It's it's good. <laughs> oh, it's it's really I good. Don't doubt it, Russ. Let me see here. Oh, what else, Russ? What else you got? I'm looking. I'm, I'm actually having to go through. Um, you know what? I think he actually goodness. played. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Played. I think he actually helped produce the bad Ghostbusters, the 2016 Ghostbusters, if I'm not mistaken. He didn't direct it, but I think he produced it. Maybe. Maybe he was a producer on it. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me just because... Ghostbusters is his bag baby. 
And they also, they, they created that Ghostbusters core or whatever um, that basically is like kind of like this like Ghostbusters focused sub studio within, I, w- I think it's Columbia or Paramount. It's one of those. Like, but anyway, um, they, they focus on all kinds of new IPs. In fact, when I look at what he was involved in, uh, that's still in pre-production and have been announced. I mean, you have, let's see, untitled animated Ghostbusters project, Ghostbusters Ecto Force, which is a TV series. He was actually working on a, um, a stripes TV series too, apparently. Oh, Anyway, still very much involved. He, he there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight uh, different types of projects that that were going on at the point in time. I have to say though um, that in terms of he like him being able to, to to work on a film with his son, I think that that is such a beautiful thing that he was able to finish that project with Jason and be able to. Um, just watch his son take the, the reins of the Ghostbusters in a director sense and not only that, but, but have like a successful film like that. I, I I gotta say, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's one of those like bittersweet situations where, you know, you, you know, if you, if you could just um, have your father back, that would be absolutely fantastic. But my hope is, is that being able to work together as father and son on that project will just be such a, a sweet memory for, for years to come for, for him. So, and well, at least they had that too. I mean, as far as everything I've read, he just, he went like, we all would hope to go just in you, you went to sleep one night and woke up somewhere else sort of thing. You know, I mean, yeah, there wasn't any complications. No, uh, I mean, no, un fortunate situations. He just fell asleep and that was it. So, I mean, in the silver lining, if you're going to go, well, we're all going to go at some point, but I mean, that's the way you want. That's, that's going to give your family the most amount of peace, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, coming soon to a theater near you, it's the topic of the day! Our topic of the day is looking at and reacting to the various types of Super Bowl commercials that came out just this past Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. There are two different sections to this. First off is that there have been a number of movie trailers that (laughs) we are quite interested in that we have not... We Have we not seen these trailers, Steve? Russ, I gotta admit. uh, So... I had my birthday over the weekend. Thank you very much. Super Bowl weekend. So I, um, I took you out to dinner. I'm I well aware. I didn't watch much of the Super Bowl. So oh. I may have seen a trailer. I may not have. I don't know what was shown at the Super Bowl, Russ. <laughs> That's right. So, um... Ugh. 
whatever was shown there, I'm going to say uh, most likely I did not see it. Uh, we'll have to go down. As authentic as I can. One by one. Steve, we were going to start off with The Lord of the Rings by Amazon. Have you seen oh. this trailer already, Steve? Um, actually, you know what, Russ? Oh, what's <laughs> oh, what, what it, Steve? I started to see it. And then I stopped. <laughs> Did you? Because I thought, you know what? We're probably going to talk about this. I'm just going to stop it right now. I'm proud of you, Steve. Discipline, Russ. Hashtag discipline. Better late than never, I say. Mm. Very good. Well, mm. as was aforementioned... We're going to be checking out Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power teaser trailer that Amazon has spent a pretty penny on. So let's take a little look-see at that, shall we? Haven't you ever wondered what else is out there? There's wonders in this world beyond our wandering. teaser than anything else there, Russ, but uh, at least we got something. At it least was. we know that uh, all that work uh, that they've been telling us about, that they've been doing on the uh, the show, uh, is coming to fruition. Um, so I think I mentioned this, uh, and probably not last episode, but maybe the episode before that, or the episode before that. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> I think that they're taking like the stories of the book of the of the Silmarian, the Silmarian, ah, and uh, because all that like you no know, before the king, before the ring, before and like all that, or, like all the the stuff that Gandalf says, or late the Lady of Lothlorien says. Uh-huh. Uh, in the beginning, that all happened in the Silmarian. So like when he creates the ring and he gives the ring to all the men and the dwarves and yada, 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 the mines of Moria, mm-hmm. uh, even when you watch the Hobbit, all those, the tribes of the dwarves, the, the dwarves, that's all in the Silmarian. Okay. So the Silmarian you know, lines out all, Gandalf's line of wizards that they were talking yep, about. Okay. Yep. That's all there. Um, the line of the Dunedain. Like you know, we're from uh, from where Aragorn's from. All that is like explained in the book. So I'm I'm thinking that that show is going to explain all what's in the book. So have you read? No, started to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so I, I don't have a clue. I have not read any of these books, and I can say though that looking at the the trailer itself, I mean, the it looks gorgeous. It and does. I think if I remember correctly, I, I want to say that Amazon has spent something like a billion dollars or over a billion dollars 
So I don't really know too many details at this point in time about just like how long it's going to be for or whatever, but just looking at the, the visuals on screen there, my goodness. I mean, like the cinematography looks gorgeous. Uh, the armor and just the locales and everything. It just, it looks like they have really made an effort to replicate what Peter Jackson established with the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, which is fantastic, right? Like you want to be able to have a bit of that visual echo. Uh, I think it'd be kind of weird. I, I would accept it, but like it would be kind of jarring. I think if uh, they decided to go a completely different direction, I think that um, in this types of type of instance, the world of middle earth has been so well realized that I think that was, that was very smart. So I think, dude, I mean, did you, did you like what you saw in the teaser? For the most part, yeah. I mean, there uh, that one scene where it looks like someone's holding on for dear life with his dagger in yeah. the ice, that didn't look, I mean, he didn't look like he was struggling. I mean, that didn't look very, I think they could have probably done that a little better, but like tons of other stuff that was there. I mean, just gorgeous. I yeah. wonder if they even filled it in, in uh, New Zealand, I wonder. That's a good that question. Cool. It's worth looking up for sure. I'm, and I bet, you know, they probably went to some exotic locations yeah. and stuff, so. I would not be surprised in the slightest with the North Dakota. Looking forward to it though. <laughs> Do you know offhand? Uh, I don't. I don't remember seeing a release date at the end of the trailer. Um, remember- I think it's. I'm gonna be wrong, but I think it's next year. Okay, well, I'll have to take a look at that. There, but anyway, I'm interested. I I I thought that was that was super cool. The second trailer we're going to be taking a look at right about now is the one I'm actually very excited to watch. It's a trailer for Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. Let's take a little look-see. Okay. Every night, I dream the same dream. begins. I did what I had to do. To protect our world. You cannot control everything, Strange. You opened the doorway between universes. And we don't know who or what will walk through it. Wanda. What do you know about the multiverse? Viz had his theories. He believed it was dangerous. He was right. I'm sorry, Stephen. Your desecration of reality will not go unpunished. We should tell him the truth. Things just got out of hand. You break the rules. Look out! You become a hero. I do it, I become the enemy. That doesn't seem fair. 
Okay, I am pumped for that. I think we're going to be getting a lot of juicy storytelling morsels out of that one. What do you think? I think you're right, Russ. That's going to be, well, I was going to say that's going to be one to see in the theater, but I don't think they're going to have it available to stream anyway, so I don't have a choice. I have to go there and buy some popcorn, nice, cool cardboard cup of ice water. Yes. Waxy on the sides. Ooh. Meet your peers. Ask them, how you doing? How you doing with COVID? <laughs> you got your Omicron shot, huh? <laughs> oh, boy. So, okay. Benedict Cumberbatch is fantastic as Doctor Strange. Every time I see him in some sort of MCU film, uh, I just get giddy because I think he is such a natural for the role. And I'm glad that... Th- they're they're taking this really unique approach with using him as really like like a, a substantial pivotal character within the MCU itself. It's not like oh look I just do like magic tricks and poof you know like it's kind of a cornerstone of like this whole foundation or at least for Phase Four. Well, when you think even about like say the Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, you know mm-hmm. he was remember how like he was looking into the the future of all those different possibilities. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I I really love how. <laughs> They use Steven as no, this. Uh, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where's your cape? Uh, right here. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> but anyway, I, I really love that. I love how Wanda is going to be in this as well. I think that's a really unique matchup because those are the two kind of, uh, you know, witch wizardy type of, mm, of characters that we've been introduced to. And a wizard. But they haven't really interacted b- before now. Yeah, it's been more of a. Hey, hey, <laughs> nice cape. Yeah. Nice cowl. <laughs> what kind of spells can you catch? Cast. Cast, Russ. I guess one of them might catch the spell. Technically, Ooh. maybe they could catch it, you know? Probably could. It's pretty cool. I wouldn't leave it out. Visually speaking, uh, from what I saw, first of all, I loved how long the trailer was like they were showing quite a bit in there, which speaks to the, their, their confidence of like what it is that they're doing. I think that there was a very clear direction. Sam Raimi or Raimi, excuse me, is um, the director, which if you recall, he was the director of the original um, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Ah. So I saw that name. I was like, Ooh, okay, this is cool. And looking at, the just the different types of dimensions and, and warped situations and everything else. It looked like there was like an evil Doctor Strange in there. Things got out of hand. Not only that, but then also um, it looked like there were two different Wandas. Like uh, it's almost like kind of like a, a split reality or a split dimension or something like that. But like, you know, there was that moment where you saw Wanda in her like Scarlet Witch outfit. And then there was another Wanda in her like normal civilian clothes. And they were in that, that, House. I don't know what they were doing. Oh, she could be in her civilian clothes anyway, Rose. But there were two of them. What, in the same picture, in the same screen? Yeah. I, I must have missed that. Oh, man. Well, there was a I lot. Was I mean, like, the trailer itself has a lot of content in there. I mean, I love that one particular special effect they were showing where it looked like Doctor Strange was 
I don't know, in slow motion, like like flying through some kind of dimension, but like his face looked like they were made of like voxel blocks or something. Right. I mean, I was like, whoa. I mean, that, that, that's Rubik's the, Cube. I mean, it, it's such an opportunity for visual effects artists to, to be able to go to town and like, okay, how can we really make right. this really uh, much of uh, abstract magic carpet ride as we possibly can? I'm excited. I'm very excited for that one. I guess it comes out in the summertime. I was just about to say, Russ. When's that one come out? Summertime. Summertime. And we will, of course, we'll review it. The next trailer that we have on the docket is Moon Knight, which is another Marvel Studios film. So I suggest we go ahead and uh, check that one out. I can't tell the difference between my waking life and dreams. Day and night. It must be very difficult. The voices in my mind, my in your head. There's chaos in you. Embrace it. Interesting. That one, now that one was a whole lot shorter. That was. That's uh, coming out in March, Russ. That's next month. I'm not too familiar with the character Moon Knight. Are you? No. Obviously, comic book character. His cape, though, looks like the crest of a moon. Funny how that there's significance in that. Yeah, yeah you know, I think they were watching out. Indeed. Uh, but we're going to be able to stream that one in Disney Plus, Russ. I didn't say it was coming to the theater. It said Disney Plus at the end. Did you see that? At the yeah, end it's true. It's very true. Disney Plus. There you go. Mm. I hope. So yeah. then. Okay, never mind. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. no, no I'm <laughs> sorry. No, 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 you first. Lo siento. Esteban. I. That's Colombian there, Russ, by the way. You're welcome. So. Um, De nada. <laughs> I'm hoping that they are going to. Um, Give us some good action in this one, Russ. I need to, I need some action from a Disney Plus Marvel show. Well, is it going to be a series or is it going to be just one big long film that they're going to make available on Disney Plus? I thought they said it was going to be a series. Okay. Uh, I thought that was what it said, didn't it? I'm seeing things. I don't know, Russ. Maybe, I'm I sh- had a birthday. Maybe it, maybe things it is. Things are changing. Normally, it is a series. Uh, the reason why I brought it up is that I just wasn't sure if like maybe there was... Um, like a, a new kind of approach to how they're releasing it. Like maybe they wanted to kind of test the waters, but you're probably right. It's probably a series. Anyway, I don't know anything about that particular character. I don't, I don't uh, read that particular comic book. However, um, for, for, from what little they showed, I'm curious, yeah. I'm interested. I'm really happy with this new direction that we're seeing with several comic book films where like, you know, you have Morbius, which you know what has that kind of vampire-y, uh type of, of comic book character, and it has a, a new set of different kind of superpowers. Then you have Moon Knight, which not exactly the same. It looks kind of like psychological-ish, but then maybe he sees things that, that others can't see from other dimensions, almost like a Constantine kind of thing. Mm. And then we have Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, which again, like it's cool from a storytelling perspective, like how they're really going beyond kind of like the the foundational comic book characters like Captain America and Iron Man and so forth. Uh, do you agree? I do. Ross, I agree. What do we have next? We have Nope. 
which is by uh, Jordan Peele. Apparently, I think it's going to be yet another horror movie. So let's take a look. By Peele? I would guess so, right? Look at that there, Steve. I can't say. Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. There's another great-grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say, since the moment pitches could move, we had skin in the game. It's a bad miracle. They got work for that. say um because you kind of went nope right as i was <laughs> mid sentences i haven't seen that trailer russ now did you see dr strange in the multiverse of madness no, russ did you see moon knight steve no russ excellent ah so you haven't seen any of what I, we've been ah, looking at so far just the beginning of lord of the rings just the beginning or well, the 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 well, I, w- I would say that's a massive improvement from what we've had to deal with in the past, Steve. Russ, <laughs> and deal with it, you must. <laughs> uh, so what is that movie about? Exactly, because um, I'm watching it. I see a lot of low light shots. It uh, looks like there's an invisible force. Um, a lot of darkness encompasses the building and all the people and they're running from something. And I'm not really sure what the story is. So it sounds like they are a family of horse breeders specifically uh-huh. for Hollywood. It sounded uh-huh. like, like, like they were the part, one. Yeah. Well, then why are you asking? Oh, well, what's beyond that? That was, they said in the beginning. <laughs> I don't know what it's about. Yeah, I already know that. <laughs> Color me confused. <laughs> Keep going. Anyway, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but from the trailer itself, it looks as though like there is some kind of darkness that comes up. Maybe there, I don't know if it's like family related or if perhaps um, there is something that causes them to, you know, maybe there's a price for their success being what they are. I actually like these types of setups. What's interesting to me before I, I, well, yes, Ross. I won't go into that just quite. Uh, uh, I'm going to pause that that thought real quick. 
Um, what I find interesting is how this film, like, like from the get go, like the, the color grading, you can tell right away, like this is going to be like a horror movie kind of thing, which is great. I always love color palettes. I think that like, there's so much information that we register on a subconscious level when it comes to color. And so that was one of the things that jumped out to me immediately was like how they color graded the film. I also liked um, a lot of the actors that I saw in there. I had never really thought about combining them, but then like seeing them on screen together, I was like, Ooh, yeah. Okay. Th- this is looking good. It was a teaser trailer though. So like, unfortunately I don't think there was like a ton of info, hmm. but um, w- that brings me to my, my point that I paused. I will now resume, which is that Jordan Peele has been, coming out with this, the string of successful horror flicks lately, which is crazy because I mean, I always know, or when I, when I first was introduced to him, I mean, he was a comedian. Like he, right. he was into like really funny skits and stuff. I mean, it, it was super great. And it's been um, this, this really pleasant surprise to watch him now be more and more in this director's chair for, for horror films. And, he clearly has an act for it. Yeah, he does. They're kind of like Hitchcocky in a way. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Not like thrasher horror films, but like thriller horror films. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, okay, when it comes to horror movies, I'm not like a huge horror fan. Mm. I may see it. I may not. I'm not sure. It's, it's It has nothing to do with, uh, you know, like whether or not I question the quality of the film. Oh I'm sure God. the film is going to be really good. It's just that that's the genre itself. You're afraid of wetting the bed, aren't you, Russ? I am. Yeah. It's you. okay. Be honest with yourself. It's great. With my nipples. Gross. <laughs> Your wife, however, likes messed up horror. I'm, I'm sure she'll probably want to go check does. it out. You know, that means I might get drug along to it. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you? Off topic, by the way. Oh. Resident Evil 7. She loves it. You did tell me this, yes. That game is scarier than Resident Evil 8. I like 8 better for that reason. <laughs> Like, yeah. I'll play seven and I'm like 30 minutes in, like, I need a break. I'm going to go walk the dog. I'm going to get some ice water. Yeah, find a happy place. <laughs> She's like, no, keep playing. I'm like, you play. Yeah. I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, both you and I yeah. have never been like huge horror fans. Like, we'll watch certain ones. We're like, okay, that was messed up. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm good for Man, now. That was messed up. Let's do it again. Some friends, though, they. <laughs> are all about the horror movies. They love every mm-hmm. kind of horror movie. I'm like, man, I, I just, whew, I get too freaked out. Yeah. The final trailer that we have is the newest trailer for the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 oh, movie. Yeah, Did right. you ever see the the initial trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog 2? Uh, yes, I did. You did. I think we watched it on the show. Oh. Mm. We probably did. I still have my memory. Like a steel trap. Let's check out this particular trailer, shall we? On game day, it all comes down to heads or tails. See what we did there? The showdown begins. Sonic the Hedgehog. You're no match for me. Uh, nice. This is your moment to be the big hero. 
Oh, great, the Winter Soldier. It is my destiny to destroy you. Work smarter, not harder. That wasn't too bad. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog 2, April 8th. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I have a bit of initial reaction to this in the sense that, first of all, it's great that they are totally just diving into more of the, the Sonic characters. So yeah. we have Tails, we have Knuckles, Chaos Emeralds. We've got a lot more of the the fantasy Robotnik ah. uh, contraptions, that sort of thing. At the same time, though, the other side of it is I'm a kind of bummed that like it, it's still taking place on Earth. Right. Like I, I really want to kind of go away from earth and actually uh, see this fully realized fantasy land that Sonic and his buddies live in and that right. Dr. Robotnik lives in. And at the end of the first film to a certain degree, like we were led to believe that that's where they were going because Robotnik had gone into this dimension and was starting to like, you know, have like a completely different look. You know, he's bald and he had the big mustache. I'm like, okay, this is really cool. You know, they had the first movie that started out on Earth. Now we're going to bring everybody in, but it doesn't look like that's the case in, in uh, this film. Right. Yeah, that's the thing, Russ. As much as you want to get back to Green Hill Zone, all you have is pavement and Earth and life as it is right now as we know it. We can just hope, Russ. Maybe they, uh, maybe they have a uh, some surprises for us. Maybe they'll have. Uh, hey, you know, we showed you just like twenty percent of the movie, which is the twenty percent that's on Earth, and the rest of the eighty percent is in uh, Grand Hill Zone. Well, and I'll still watch it regardless because I, I really do like um, these films that they've done. It looks like it's going to be more of what we saw in, in the first film. And my yeah. daughter is a big Sonic fan now. Oh, that's yeah. going to be a fun one for to take her with and. And, and check out. So, you know, regardless of, of what they end up happening to, uh, I just didn't, that, that, that sentence petered out prematurely. Don't know what you're saying. Russ. I apologize. What I was trying to say is, mm -hmm. is that regardless of where the film goes, whether it's in uh, earth or it's in some other kind of like Sonic green Hill zone type of thing, we'll have a good time. Yes. I just want to see, like, I just remember the first, like, three or five minutes of the first film where like you actually saw like a green hill zone fully realized. I'm like, give me more of that. That's what I want to see. And I exactly. think you were, you were of the same precisely way. same opinion. Those are all the trailers that we were going to check out. Let us pivot also over to some of the commercials. Did you have a chance to look at some of the highlighted uh, commercials from the Super Bowl, Steve? I did Russ. Okay. I made a short list of the ones that I liked. First of all, the, the GM commercial with Dr. Evil. Did you see that one? I did. Hey, what'd you think? I just kind of thought it was so, so I was at first when that, uh, when it came up, I thought, okay, cool. There's some money spent. That's at least 7 million there for that ad, if not more. Um, but I did, it wasn't like it was that funny though. I was kind of wanting it to be funnier. I thought it was going to be funnier. Mike that, Myers. And so I think the challenge is that it's GM. Like when you have a, a corporate company like GM, 
you can't you you have to put a cap on what kind of comedy you're able to do. I do think in terms of the slapstick comedy, it was pretty funny. Like I, I thought like, you know, the times when like Dr. Evil's hand got slapped every time he tried pushing Scotty's button or whatever. I thought that was really funny. I thought even seeing Seth, Mc, you know, in the chair with like with his own baby and stuff. And like, you know, there were moments of it's like, okay, th- this is good. But at the same time, I know what you're talking about because the Austin powers films, has some of that dirty biting comedy that's mixed in with the slapstick stuff. And that's the kind of the thing you have to, I don't know, as a, as an advertiser, you're saying, okay, I want to have everything people liked about this movie and I want to pay for it in my product on my commercial. And then you're like, okay, let's go. And they're like, but we're going to make it all different. And, we, and I'm not saying it was all different. But I'm yeah. just saying like, we want it to be up here and they go, Oh, we're just going to, you know, we have to take it down quite a few notches just to make it like, you know, especially safe. But then you lose a lot of that humor yeah. and a lot of that excitement from the movie. So, I mean, it's not like your typical ad, you know, it's, no. it's way above that. But uh, I was hoping for all the humor that I remember from Austin powers. And I just got a, you know, a smile and a chuckle out of it, but it wasn't, and, I want it to be hilarious. And you got to think too. I mean, like the Super Bowl is, you know, you have kids watching. It's just, it's inappropriate. You can't have the type of, once again, that edgy humor that was in Austin Powers when you've got like seven-year-olds and 10-year-olds watching the Super Bowl. So I get it. Another thing about it though was the nostalgia factor. It was super fun to like see that cast of characters all together again, even if it was just for a commercial. I, I'm such a sucker for that. I, I think a lot of us are, yeah, honestly. That's true. Uh, the next one I had on my list was the Verizon commercial with Jim Carrey reprising his role as cable guy. Uh-huh. That was brilliant. I did not expect this level of creativity coming from Verizon, which honestly, I don't think it came from Verizon. I think they hired some sort of third party marketing like agency to come up with this idea, but, the, but good for them to like be on board and green light it because the whole thing was brilliant. We're like, you know, Verizon is a communications company they they do all the fiber optic cable and everything else and so to have jim carrey come in and reprise his role as as the cable guy and i mean he owned the role it wasn't like one of those situations where like you could tell like oh just think about the paycheck think about the like he was totally (laughs) back in the zone again and i i just thought it was great yeah that was so okay so that one is a bit better granted they don't have like the the darkest of the dark humor there. Yeah. But they could get above and beyond that because what we wanted to see was just Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey, being Jim Carrey as the cable guy, which is what we got. Um, and so they were harking back to the com- the comedy of like, you know, just having cable and, you know, he's checking on all the neighbors and he's just being like a part of everyone's lives, you know? Yeah. And, and so anyway, so yes, that commercial was definitely done better. I thought than the, uh, than the Austin powers one. So I was happy. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're happy, Steve. Yeah. I'm going I want to be happy, Ross. I want to be happy. <laughs> the next one I had on my list was the Lay's potato chips with Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen. Eh. It was fun. Like I thought it was fun the way they had it set up like as if they were at, you know, the, the Seth Rogen's wedding and they were just, you know, he's got the jitters and oh yeah, you going okay, bud? Yeah, have some Lay's chips. Hey, remember the last time you like kind of going down this memory lane of different times that they've had Lay's chips together. And I, I don't know. I, I think the premise was, was really brilliant, really fun. And it, it offered the opportunity to be able to do those, those quick cuts, right? Like, like you go from one scenario to the next scenario to the next scenario, all within like, I don't know, like a, a 60 second commercial or whatever. 
Yes. Uh, I think the idea was better than it was executed. I think they, they cut a little bit too too much, like too quick. Uh, I like seeing Seth and Paul on screen. Honestly, though, I think they could have done it with anybody. I, I think, I mean, there's a lot of just like regular talent out there oh, yeah. for commercials. Um, but I mean, the, both those guys are, I mean, they have great chemistry together. Sure. And a lot of people just really enjoy seeing them banter on screen. Yeah. Like, I mean, they were both in uh, Knocked Up. The movie Knocked Up. That's right. Yeah. I remember Knocked Up. Mm-hmm. Mm. Funny movie. That was, that was a good movie. That would been, did they, ref, they didn't reference Knocked Up, though. In the, no. That would so. have been funny, though, if they didn't reference Knocked mm-hmm. Up. No. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on that one, Steve? No. No. Squarespace. Do you remember that that commercial? That was the seashells by the seashore and how many seas and she's and she's and yes. can we fit in a sentence for 30 seconds? <laughs> okay, that was brilliant. Like, that was pretty clever. The fact that, okay, so Squarespace is um, something that, that is widely known. Just, I mean, if, if you're on YouTube, you're going to, chances are you're, you've come across like a Squarespace advertisement, but I thought it was fun how they made up just the, this type of story scenario where like, you know, her using, Z- you know, Zendaya using um, Squarespace was able to get her business up off the ground, but done so in kind of this storybook fashion that was narrated by Andre through 3000. So like that whole kind of setup was fun, but most notable was the fact that that script had so many words that started with the letter S and worked. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many takes that to do with that one because, I mean, you, just reading it, I mean, if you have a small sentence, uh, like, you know, he said, she said by the bookstore or whatever, he's like, oh, so yeah, it's like, you know, three times fast or six times fast, you know? But, I mean, you're reading this entire script in which is quite frankly, easily tongue twisted, you know, I mean, I would like to see the outtakes in that one. Yeah. I'm sure Andre was probably, yeah. Like <laughs> I could just see him getting to like the final couple of lines and all of a sudden like he, he gets tongue twisted. He's like, ah, and they have to like start yeah. over again. I wonder if they had to like film that one in segments. Like he says two sentences and then, you know, and arranges his tongue so he can finally finish like the next two sentences. And then they just kind of mash it all together. Honestly, I would love to see the script just to be able to look at it and, and see it for what it is and see like all those words put together. I mean, like even from a writer's perspective, that's got to be a bit of a creative challenge, I would say. So I, I appreciate that. I think that was that was pretty original. The last one on my list was Jurassic World. Ah. And this is actually notable because I have felt as though a lot of the more recent Jurassic Park type of films have not really been as like memorable or as good as like the original Jurassic Park or even Jurassic Park two. Yeah. Yeah. Would you agree? No. Yeah. It's just because uh, Michael Crichton wasn't writing those Russ. So they're have to write their own scripts for it. And they're really trying to milk that one for all it's worth. Um, I do like Chris Pratt's performance. You know, he's, Great little, you know, superhero. Yeah. And then I was not a superhero, but I mean, he's like the hero protagonist. Uh, protagonist yeah. Um, but I, so you put like you know, a pretty good star studded cast in it, but I mean, they really need to wow the crowd with this one because the last couple movies have just kind of been so, so what are you going to do? I do think though, um, one of the ingredients for this one that has caught my interest, um, is the fact that they are combining the original cast of right. Jurassic park with the current cast of the Jurassic right. park films. 
I think that's a really good move. I think it's a shrewd move. I think it's great to bring back Dr. Grant and <laughs> bring back, uh, what, what is, um, oh, what is his name? Is it Malcolm? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was trying to think of, think of his character name. Like, ah, ah. Oh, <laughs> chaos, chaos. <laughs> you can't just go around and, and creating dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, uh, I'm always on the, the lookout uh, for the, the future Mrs. I, X Malcolm. I uh, want to touch uh, everything and <laughs> learn about it. Smell it. Massage it. Uh, yes. Lick it. Lick it. Uh, yeah. So no other ones uh, caught you fancy there, Russ? Uh, there were other ones that, but those, I, I just wanted to kind of sure do the ones that, that were the, the ones that caught my yeah. eye. I have not seen every single commercial. Oh, really? Have well, you, Steve? Actually, I don't know. I've seen a lot of them. Um, have you now? I don't know if I, I've seen a lot. I don't know if I've seen all, but, uh, my favorite one, Russ, was the Sopranos commercial. With the uh, electric truck. I did see that one. Oh, did you? But it didn't yeah. make my personal list because I Funny haven't watched that. The Sopranos mm. yet. But I, I did think of you, and I thought to myself, what are the chances yeah. that Steve's going to really like that yeah. show? I gave it a 50-50 shit. Funny how that didn't make your list. But uh, you watch the entire show, Russ, and you learn to appreciate the beginning of I mean, it's like the show you don't fast forward the ending to. You can, but you like it so much, you watch it and you watch you watch it 60 times. It has that infectious theme song. Yes, it does. And with that mixed with like all the New Jersey sights and stuff, it uh -huh. sticks with you. Uh -huh. All right. And so seeing AJ and Meadow all grown up and Meadow's driving this, you know, truck like a I boss wondered if stuff. those were I, some of the actors from the show. I didn't know when I started seeing it if that was going to be like, oh, man, they're using this theme song. Are they just like referencing it? Like, what's going on? I'm like, there's a chick behind there. And I'm like, was that? No, it can't be. I'm like, I think it is. And then for sure, like, you know, she gets out and, you know, she, you know, gives her brother a hug and stuff. Um, that was cool. Because, yeah, like, Tony... In the show, he drives a Chevy. Mm. It's suburban. It's not a truck, but... The old significance. Yeah. But uh, all the new sights and juries, like, they refilmed the entire thing. It yeah. wasn't like they, they took it out from the show and put it in the commercial. Like, they refilmed start to finish. What I, They probably pasted a couple different scenes in there, but basically all new. Indeed. I liked it. I'm glad you did. Yes. Were there any other commercials that you uh, <sighs> found to be on your favorites list, Steve? No, nah, I think you covered those, Russ. All right. Yeah. See, I wasn't that far off. Mm. And actually, the one that you brought up, I did, in fact, see. I thought there mm. were some other ones that had fallen through the cracks as far as my computer YouTubing was concerned. Ah. But uh, nope, I don't think so. Overall, though... I would say that that was a, a pretty decent roster of commercials. If when you combine the different movie trailers with some of those commercials that came up, I mean, it, it, there have been certain years where like you have the Super Bowl, and I'm totally amped up to watch the commercials, and yeah. they so I know they're like, so bad. Like what happened? That's this is the one time when you actually want to see the commercials. Oh yeah, it, it's like, it's like this universal understanding that like. <laughs> the Super Bowl is the one time where all these companies pay premium prices 
not yeah. only in the production of, of the commercials, but even getting the slots during the Super Bowl itself. So like, you know, if you have certain years where like, it's just terrible. I mean, it's such a letdown. You feel robbed. You're just like, man, like what the heck happened? Yeah. You're like, everybody shut up. It's the commercials. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the one time where like everybody, instead of like going uh, off to another room or having conversations, like they, their eyeballs are glued because they want to see what kind right. of memorable commercials are going to come up. And so I, I, I was pretty, uh, pretty happy with, with what I saw, especially considering the fact that this year I didn't watch the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, Hmm. There you have it. Okay. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm where you can enjoy exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it continues to help us financially doing this show. Also, make sure you click on that subscribe button as well as that notification bell. That way you will not miss a single episode of Joygasm. It drops once a week every week. And while you're at it, do a search on your favorite social media platform of choice. We're on just about all of them for at Joygasm TV. And you'll be able to find all kinds of fun little additional mm. content that we like to put up there, a little behind-the-scenes goodness, maybe some other little fun pics and videos. Who knows? Last but not least, do a search for Joygasm TV on Twitch to see a streamer gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. There is still an issue with our headsets, unfortunately, so... Uh, well, at least when it comes to the Xbox side of things, mm. you're only going to be able to hear... This guy. Yep. Not that guy. Just this guy. Yeah. So we will look forward to hanging out with you again next week. <laughs>